welcome fushma to our show thank you so much anuradha for having me uh, can you tell us something about yourself i have been speaking about you but people would like to know from you yeah so uh to give a description about myself you know in three statements if i have to uh, tell you to begin with um you can say i'm a dreamer i'm a nature lover i'm a travel enthusiast so uh beyond you know going beyond this if i have to really describe myself um i'm a true born and bred bangalorean i've been in bangalore my entire life so right from my education to um, you know starting my first job over here was pretty much all over here and although i got an opportunity to sort of you know travel to other places for work i was like uh, you know what this is where i really want to be so uh, i completed my bbm i completed my mba and um, i worked in advertising for a couple of years and then later i decided to call it quits i said okay you know what this is enough is enough let's look at doing something and this is where i got into uh, you know joined the travel domain so this is pretty much where i landed up after a stint of corporate life about um, say 3 years that i worked with of course it's a short stint you can say but uh, you know travel was something that was always calling me so that's where i joined the travel uh, industry okay sushma so as you know that this uh, podcast is about travel and wellness right so before i go on to talk about your offering uh, your truly india can you discuss a little about how you interrelate travel and wellness i want to know your view mm-hmm. okay so um i think it's a very valid question anuradha when you look at travel and wellness you know it goes hand in hand okay so uh, let's take the situation or let's take the current scenario where we are all present uh, in a city life okay so you know looking at bangalore itself where we are based um, you know today's lifestyle has become so hectic people are uh, you know always busy that you have earlier you used to have only more of men working now women are also working um it's an it uh, industry over here and so everybody's lifestyle has become so hectic now when you look at um, you know sort of uh, trying to do something for your own wellness on a day to day basis you look at activities like say maybe yoga meditation you know going for a walk or um, even meeting family for example right travel is something which comes as a long term um plan you know you wouldn't uh, travel every day or every week you know it's very uh, it's a very planned thing or maybe even unplanned also but people do it on a, a long term basis or as a long term plan so i think it's very relevant because you know we can't really be confined in our own spaces uh, doing our own thing without having the perspective of you know going outside and exploring so this is where it comes in where you know travel really opens up your mind it really sort of refreshes you uh, brings in a new perspective and um, you know, person who comes back from travel of course we always say oh you know what i wish i could go back and you know like spend more time and all but you see that person is more energized you know so both physically and mentally they are prepared to come back to their jobs their routine and uh, i think that's where you know travel really helps anybody and everybody like till now i've not really come across anybody who said i don't like traveling so you know be it uh, i mean of course travel for leisure travel for pilgrimage or anything you know like my mom she likes to go to temples okay and that's her sort of you know bringing uh, sort of bangalore has several temples several temples. temples right yeah absolutely so, and right now we are talking about short term travel 
like for travel for some people it may mean going away for a week but yes. right now if i we come back to your venture yours truly india you are taking short walks or short yes. trips so yes. can you tell us something about what you offer to clients okay so uh, talking about my venture now yours truly india um just to give a small background into this so that we can get into why we are doing this right now uh, you know in generally like a lot of people who have traveled abroad or i would have heard of friends who have gone abroad you know they come back and say you know what we went on a walking tour and uh, we were able to explore so many things and you know so they uh, i mean the way they describe the travels really um you know talks more about them being a true traveler than a tourist you know so between a traveler and a tourist you know if you look at the difference you'll see that traveler is a person who's really taken in the depths uh experience the place well whereas a tourist is somebody who is very confined to a frame you know they go there okay knowing that okay we have to do this 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 and you know they have like a very narrow framework a traveler is somebody who is you know more into what they're doing so when you look at that aspect of it um when i started yours truly india i really wanted that sort of a culture to come into bangalore because back in those days i'm saying about 5 years back this is when i started there is not really too many people who are doing this uh, in sort of indulging a person into the uh, travel domain you know to really get them the experience of being in a city and not just saying okay you know bangalore is famous for it it's famous for few things so let's just go and uh, explore these things i wanted to so, so suppose i am working in infosys and i am mm-hmm. working in new delhi for example or pune and i am mm-hmm. here in bangalore for about a week and i have my weekend free Hmm. So where would Sushma take me? Where where would she like to take me to get a glimpse of the city, know the culture? Given the short time frame I have. Hmm. So Anuradha, I would say that um, you know there are quite a few options that comes to mind. Okay, so so say for example, you're coming to Bangalore for the first time. I would definitely want you to experience Bangalore itself before I take you out of the city. Okay. So you know Bangalore itself has a lot of things that it's famous for. Okay. So it's like a garden city. It's the IT capital. It's a pub capital. Okay, so the first few things that I would want to take you to would be the first few famous sites. So I have like in my uh, on my website, you will see there's both conventional and unconventional tour. So if I know you as a person, first I would like to understand. Okay, what is Anuradha into? Does she like food? Does she like art? You know, does she like to uh, you know walk around a lot? So based on your preference, I would take you to maybe some unconventional sites. Maybe I could take you to some talk about unconventional things. Let us talk about unconventional. Okay, very interesting. Unconventional is also one of my favorites, actually, to say because people enjoy this aspect more than the conventional things. Um, see, unconventional, I would say that you know, I would uh, take you to things which you probably wouldn't have, or you probably would think you'll not uh, see in guidebooks. Okay, so for example, I would take you not to a normal temple. Okay, because you know, Bangalore is famous for a lot of temples. i would take you not to a normal temple but i would probably take you to a 1000 year old cave temple for example cave okay, temple. So it's cave temple right it's called the gavikagandeshwara temple it's very unique it's got a lot of history on its own i would take you over there i would take you on a short walk in the neighborhood for you to feel a little more of what the vibes of the city is besides you know what you see uh, bangalore as an it capital um say so i would take you to a marketplace okay because markets are the best experiences one can Have you go to any place? You go to any city, and you go to the market. You get to understand more of the people and the culture. And Bangalore is very, very famous for something called the Kiar Market. Kiar Market, yes. Where um, the early morning sales of flowers take place. 
uh, in the marketplace is supposed to be Asia's largest marketplace. The one that takes place you know, in the morning between 4 and 6 o'clock is absolutely a delight. You wouldn't have seen so anything. To reach, to reach Kiar market between 4 to 5 o'clock, mm -hmm. do I have to wake up early at 3 o'clock and meet you at a certain place? Like, Not really. When do I start this walk with you? Um, see, if you if we really do a marketplace, which you want to see the early morning marketplace, um, this you know we would probably begin by say five thirty or six o'clock in Bangalore. Yeah, you know the peak hour traffic in Bangalore is really bad. But if you look at it early morning, anywhere that you are, half an hour is enough for you to reach a destination. And okay. uh, by the time the sunlight comes in, you know six o'clock is a good enough time to experience. So six o'clock to eight o'clock, the market is still on, and you'll be able to like say take a lot of photographs, explore it. You know when the sun comes up. So even beginning at around that time is still pretty okay. But in spite of that, say for example, you can't make it, you don't want to wake up early morning, we can still do the marketplace after the uh, pop-up market in the uh, morning shuts down. So once that is done, we still have a portion of the marketplace which is functioning. So you will be able to see in some of the pictures that uh, this marketplace is so vibrant that throughout the day you go there, you wouldn't have seen anything like this. I mean, a lot of uh, places in India cities have a marketplace like this. But uh, this is something which only when you see an experience, you know that this is very, uh, truly very unique about Bangalore. Oh, how much time will I take to cover, say, Cave uh, Temple and the Kiar Market and some other things? How much time should I take out to uh, be satisfied that, yes, I have seen some part of Bangalore? Um, see, I would definitely recommend half day minimum would be about, say, about four hours. Minimum is what you will need. Okay, so given that you probably, if you're having some of the schedule or not, half a day is a minimum amount of time that I would ask you to give. And full day, we can cover a lot more. Okay, so on a full day, uh, you know, right from starting with breakfast experiences, because, you know, Bangalore is famous for its coffee. Um, yeah. We can have some of the local breakfast where, you say, for example, Rava Idli is famous, the Dosa is famous. Take it to some of the best cafes, which is not, um, you know, where you'll find like a hi-fi sort of a setting. It's like a local darshini and that's where you get the best of experiences. So we begin with things like that. So that can that adds on to the experience part of it. So, so that how much walking will I have to do to cover these many places? Is it a long trek or will I be comfortable? I'm so uh, I would I would put it this way, Anurad. I would say suppose if we're doing like a half day and we're exploring a particular neighborhood. Um, say you would probably be walking anywhere from 2.53 kilometers or 4 kilometers, depends on our pace and depends on what are the additional things that you want to do within that area. So this is a walking tour. But if you want to do something on a, a longer basis, for example, if you want to do a full day tour, I wouldn't uh, recommend doing the entire thing walking because everything is really spread out in Bangalore, right? So what we do is we take a vehicle. And okay. we move around and then we go to a particular place, maybe explore that area a little, walk around a bit and then move on to the other place. So you're not going to be tired uh, having to do this. So it really depends on you on how much you want to, you know, maybe walk or you want to sit in a vehicle. We have all the choice possible there for you. So without tiring you. So uh, in Bangalore, we have wonderful climate by the grace of God. But yes. according to you, is there any particular time where I should come to Bangalore and I would be enjoying these tours more than some other uh, time of a year um see that's a good question you know uh, compared to the rest of the cities like you mentioned Bangalore is really blessed with the climate so even if you're coming in the summer months where you have like you know in Bangalore, i mean in india you see that the summer vacation for kids is generally between uh, say april uh, may to june right so uh, i would say yes these are the hotter months you would uh, probably prefer coming to bangalore than any other city 
considering if you have a vacation you want to travel bangalore is still a good place to enjoy that but the best time to travel would be i would say um say even you know if the monsoon is not so bad actually because the weather really comes down and even though it rains here it doesn't rain continuously right so it rains yeah. like for example only evening we might have like two hours of shower and then we have pleasant weather so i would say uh, anywhere from even uh, june july is okay the best time would be october november december till about february is a good I time i have a question here talking about monsoons hmm. uh, do you have any favorite place where would you like to uh, take me during monsoon the rains which some places in bangalore that looks prettier during the green time i will take my umbrella i promise you <laughs> is there any place you would like to show me during such during this period of the year well anuradha i would say you know so within the city itself the greenery the parks are the best place okay uh, i would probably you know take you to uh, you know like a yoga session in the morning just before the rains Uh, because you know um, in our itinerary we also have yoga as part of an experience where we begin off uh, you know for a one hour session and uh, i would probably say just sitting under a bandstand under um, you know in maybe in kapil park on lal bag just witnessing the rains rains are quite magical um besides that you know there are a lot of coffee shops as well okay so this is where i would probably take you to some place like say uh, the indian coffee house or i'll probably take you to koshis Okay, you can see the rain splattering outside. You see Where is Koshi located, Krishna? Which part of Bangalore is this? Koshi is on Saint Mark's Road. Okay. Saint Mark's Road, and uh, of course, very close to the uh, MG Road. And Koshi is one of the uh, one of the older restaurants in the city. Around nineteen forties, that it started off. It's got like an old British charm and ambience uh, around the place. And uh, you know, a lot of people with nostalgia, you know, who have been visiting there. people in the media industry especially you know go to koshi sit over there so in the morning uh, you know people go have their coffee by evening they serve beer you know so that's how the yeah coming to beer we have been talking about monsoons the day tour do you have something to offer to people who want to enjoy night life the pubs are so famous in bangalore can you talk something yes. about beer and um you know this is one of the things that you should come to bangalore and not miss okay i mean if uh beat you know if you are a person who drinks beer or not drink beer just the experience of it is something which uh, the city can offer you you know we earlier we used to be called as a pub capital okay so we're talking about you know the uh, 80s and the 90s when you know any of the pubs back in those days would enter you would find that it's all hard rock music and you know people having beer in their hands and stuff now today we've moved on from you know the pub scene your instagram account you have done a very popular episode of pub crawling Yes, which was very. So uh, that is, can you talk something about that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you know, coming back to the culture where you know the uh, beer never stopped flowing into the city. Today we have a lot of micro breweries, and the culture has not stopped. Okay, because one is it's an IT city. Two is you know people want something to do over the weekend. So um, this concept of uh, what you see on Instagram or Facebook. um uh, that we did a couple of years back when i say we it's me and uh, one of my other relatives uh you know we got together we said you know what we're uh, already exploring bangalore one of the things which really uh, talks about bangalore also besides the daytime you know the nighttime the night culture how to bring it to life is through these pop crawls now what is a pop crawl okay um this is basically um it's an it's a evening uh, it's an outing basically where people um you know say tourists or people within the city they get to purchase the ticket and within that ticket they get to go on 
um, a crawl or rather they go to pub hop to say about three or four different pubs and in each of these pubs they're given uh, say one free drink it could be some free food um, and then they're given uh, you know a lot of activities take place they have a chance to win any of these activities and uh, the important concept is they get to mingle with other people so generally uh, you know when tourists come to the city and uh, they come in small numbers and they want to uh, you know they're on a very low budget and they want to say experience a pub culture you would know that you know going to a pub you would easily blow up say about 2000 rupees right just to have a drink and food but in the pub crawl we try to uh, give the benefits to people with having a very minimum ticket price for example it could be like say 1000 rupees on a ticket and the entry to all the places that we are taking is free they get a drink on the house beyond which they get to purchase and they get to play a lot of activities and games so what we did was about 3 years back we took people to um the indranagar area you know indranagar is now become the vibrant uh, uh, you know hangout place for a lot of youngsters and a lot of pubs and you know uh, resto bars over there so we started with one place we sold by the way we sold about 130 tickets um and we had a big team we had a lot of volunteers organizers with us so we started at one pub where uh, we had like fun uh, games and questions you know so we it was like a general gk about bangalore whoever answered got free goodies and of course whoever came and got a free drink over there then we all took them went to the next pub which is just about um, say about 500 meters away and then we played more fun uh, you know games like say beer pong or uh, you know we made a couple of people uh, you know like uh, model around uh, giving away no problem so uh, so basically you know so after the third uh, pub we go to the last pub the fourth pub um or rather this is like a uh, you know exclusive dance area right so we have one of a very renowned uh, dj is playing music over there and by then people are very like you know nice and uh, they're not sober right so everybody is in the mood to dance and finally we end the night over there so you know a lot of people who came in um the thing is they got to meet one another make friends and they had to they got to enjoy the night all at a very limited price so this was something that we wanted to do to sort of um, you know or rather organize it uh, so that we can get to um, you know like we can try and tell people that hey you know there's more to bangalore than just you know um, so i'm just curious krishna how many pubs can i cover in a day in an evening Uh, and because because why I'm saying yeah. so is Bangalore is such a congested place, and if yeah. I try to take a vehicle, yes, uh, to from place A to B, it will take me yeah. in the evening a lot of time. You know, yes. as you know, you know the infamous capital yeah. of Bangalore. So yeah. how many how many pubs can I cover if I want to do this with you? Let's say next year or whenever. I'll I'll tell you what, Anuradha. We you know generally whenever you look at uh, these pubs, of course you know Bangalore uh, area wise, you can scatter yourself around. So say for example in Indranagar itself, there are easily I can say about ten different places that you can go to, right? Oh. And look at Whitefield. Whitefield yeah. has become another township and a hub again, and they themselves have their own um, you know centers for uh, you know drinking and uh, you know pubs etc. So if I would uh, if I'd like to take you out. we would be concentrated i would say in one area so that we avoid you know driving around or avoid uh, okay. traffic time and maybe say about um, 4 to 5 i would say you know if you're starting off at even 7 o'clock because yeah. you know although bangalore's famous for its nightlife it also comes to an end pretty quickly and i would say fair enough time of at least one hour you should give in each of these places so okay. if you start by say even 7 or 8 o'clock and we land up at uh, you know 12 o'clock about 4 to 5 pubs 
easily we can cover and you know it can be like a brewery to you know we can end up in a dance floor or um you know any of these places so i would definitely say that you know never look at doing too many things but we do it in a confined space and you have a, you know like chances of moving around without having to feel the pinch of traffic in the city perfect that this sounds really very interesting now uh you have spoken about bangalore and the nightlife do you have any suggestions for me if i want to go to nearby places in uh, bangalore um where i can come back and catch my monday morning flight usually people yes. can make some suggestions yes so definitely so when we uh, look at again the weekend okay so for example you might have like one night free somebody might be working even on a saturday and they say that you know okay i have only sunday free what what do i do on a, a given day so if i have to split this up i can say you know on a particular day if you want to do only a day trip right the lot of few kilometers away from the airport we have something called nandi hills okay so that's one of the very closest destination nandi hills is like a small our very own hill station for bangalore you can say the temperature is always about 3 to 4 degrees um, you know lower than what you would find in the city uh you can easily go trekking up to nandi hills there are a lot of places to see around there a lot of uh, you know old heritage temples at the base of nandi hills uh then we have couple of other places once you go beyond 100 kilometers uh say we have places like melkote melkote is like a historical town and it takes about um i would say i covered it in about 2 hours going one way and again it takes about 2 to 1 and a half hours coming back um you can go to this uh, so this temple place again it is know, in karnataka merikutte is in karnataka very much in karnataka so we are talking about uh, in mandya district and i would like like i would say maybe 130 not even 130 around 110 kilometers from the city center in bangalore right okay. um then you have uh, places like mandarkiri hills dd hills so yes. these are again you know on the way to tumkur road um mandarkiri uh, you know it's a beautiful there's a jain uh, heritage site and generally when you look at south india if you look at bangalore or karnataka you don't find too many jain heritage sites uh, especially old temples so you find that there's an ancient temple on a hillock uh, you can go climbing up the temple explore the temple there's a nice lake uh, surrounding it uh, there is a jain tirthankara which was recently installed and it's all like all very nice and photogenic places also i must say so you know for a lot of places there will be uh, a lot of people they will have you know what i want to explore and they want to take the pictures right and i'm saying these are all like picture worthy places very lesser known these are not still picked up on the tourist radar but these are places that one must definitely visit if they're looking for like a short day trip now if you're willing to say that okay i have one night that i can spend right so i would say you know something like mysore now mysore generally people speak of the first thing when they come to bangalore they will like okay, you know what mysore is one destination i'll say definitely take one day's time because you know today traveling to mysore and coming back to bangalore the same day becomes very hectic the journey itself takes about say you know 3 hours going if you're coming back during the peak hour traffic it takes about 4 hours we can especially a lot of travel takes place so mysore is worth worthy if you're spending one night stay over there uh, you stay there explore the palace explore see the bird sanctuary uh, you go up the chamundi hills and there's somnathpur temples beautiful temples again Paisalabal Temple. So these are some of the things that you can do within one night. And again, you have like fishing camps. You know, like when you talk about nature, there is a lot of places like Bhimeshwari Fishing Camp, Galibori Fishing Camp, and um, again, some of these things which I have experienced and done it, which I have found it feasible. 
I have again put it up on the Instagram account, and there's a lot of details as to you know person how practical uh, practical it is to go and come back on a given day. Is there any adventure sports also available with Bhimeshwari or any other places you have mentioned? So uh, see, Bhimeshwari, Galibore, or the Mekedatu area. Earlier, fishing used to be allowed. but uh, the government has put a ban on it saying you know what you can no longer go and uh, use you know or do fishing over there so the only thing that you can uh, probably like i would say coracle rides you know uh, boating coracle rides those are some of the things that you can do around uh, if you're looking at adventure activity as such if you're looking at high adrenal uh, adrenal adventure i would say you definitely need to uh, take more than 2 days or 2 nights of leave and go to this place called dandeli so dandeli It's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, there's river Kali running uh, through this area. It's a forest area. You can do rafting. You can do white water rafting. Um, there are a lot of other uh, adventure activities. You can also go on jeep safaris, night safaris over there. So this is probably one of the destinations that I would recommend. That you know, if somebody is like looking at high adventure, even Kor for that matter, Kor also has uh, white water rafting. I've done it, uh, I think, once or twice myself, and it's it's pretty good. You know, so if you want to experience the scotland of india i would say take like a two night off go to these places and you know just you know don't travel so much in between you know so going and coming you try to reduce it minimize it by having like a stay over there and these are these are places like say for example lakur kabini bandipur um i would say these are the places so worth going that if you come to bangalore if you can extend a vacation suppose you're coming from delhi or somebody is coming from you know any other uh, i am asking a very naive question here about kabini i have heard that mm-hmm. uh, there is a river safari you go on the river but yes. this river is infested with alligators is it true and is it safe to travel uh, you know to be on a boat with so many alligators traveling i'm not sure i'm just asking you yes yeah. and how safe would it be for a normal tourist who does not know swimming very well well i would i would definitely tell you it's very very safe i've gone to kabini a lot of times uh, yes it's true there is river safari over there um you get to spot not just the alligators like you mentioned but uh, you can get to see a lot of elephants otherwise and uh, in case if you know if you're really in luck you can even get to see leopards i mean kabini is known for that for a uh, spotting of tigers and leopards right so it's a very safe place because uh, it's organized in a very well manner you have all these resorts uh, who charge a premium yes you know compared to the rest of the other forest areas some of the resorts which is based in kapini are expensive but it's only because of safety measures are pretty much all in place so even if you're going on a river safari you know they're going to give you like a, a life jacket and you're pretty much going to be on a boat um so i wouldn't uh, really be fearful if i'm you know looking at any of these places i would say go ahead and enjoy yourself you know especially if you're a nature lover these are the places that you must uh, visit uh, i have heard a lot about the sera in mysore mm-hmm. uh, so uh, can you say something about it what makes it so special the reason i'm asking is because there's one dasera in kullu kullu is in north india so that is also very famous so how how would you you know what differentiates this particular mysore dasera from dasera in say delhi for example or whatever any other city okay so you know so dasera like um, as you know in in entire of india you know most of the people who celebrated they have their own uh, way of celebrating right they have their own festivity they have their own uh, you know way in which they go about on the proceedings 
um, Dasera in Karnataka is very, very important, especially in a state, uh, in a place like Mysore. It's uh, recognized as a state festival. Why? Because it was started off way by uh, the Vijayanagar dynasty, you know, which ruled uh, Karnataka and the southern parts over a period of time. Uh, they started the celebrations in a very pompous way. So, you know, they would uh, extend it to, uh, you know, like say about nine days, ten days. Uh, they would have a lot of celebrations where uh, people would come, The you know, the village people would join in. Uh, they would have like every day a lot of activities, you know, one you have like kustis taking place, the kings would give patronage to it. Uh, somewhere along the line, it started to die down when the British came to India. But then it started to revive again under the Wadiyar dynasty because, uh, you know, Mysore is pretty much today, uh, if you look at it, you still have the Wadiyar family staying over there. And uh, they also took to, um, you know, celebrating or continuing with the state celebration of these festivals. So um, it's it's very famous over there because one is even the government today, you know, post-independence, the government also said we are going to uh, take a lot of initiatives to bring back, you know, that glory that was once lost. And uh, they also put in a lot of, uh, say, contribution towards getting this uh, festival ready. Like I attended the Dashara last year. And I must tell you that um, all of the, like it, it takes place for all of the 10 days. Each of the days, there is something or the other happening. Now I was... Uh, able to attend only like two days of it. Okay, so what I went and did was, you know, there was, um, I mean, they had a lot of stalls put up. There was like a food festival taking place, exhibitions taking place. The palace, uh, or rather, this is something that you must see that it lights up. Okay, and oh my God, you should. Uh, it's it's only a justice only if you see it. You know, with all those thousands of bulbs that they put over there, it really brings to life like, oh my God, this is really like something worthwhile. On the last day of the festival, they have an elephant procession, you know, where you have the Maharaja um, sitting on the elephant and he takes a procession, uh, you know, with his, um, you know, team of all the soldiers and everybody. And they pass through the city, okay? So everybody comes over there and there's like tabloids, etc. So people come there to watch this entire thing. So every day is something or the other special. You know, like one of the days, like my husband is like oh, a car enthusiast. And we really missed it because there was like, you know, a procession where all the cars, apparently all the heritage vintage cars came out. And, you know, so that takes place on one particular day. There's wrestling that takes place. There's a lot of uh, cultural activities like singing, dancing, etc. Vintage cars. So uh, who's the owner of these vintage cars? Wadiyas? The Wadiyas also have like a good collection of them. Uh, I'm not really sure if it is only the Wadiyas or even the public gets out, but I'm guessing it's pretty much the royal family who's royal you know, cars uh, put up on And this place. palace, uh, is it uh, people are living there right now? Or is it just for a government property now? Well, no, no, no. So the, the Wadiya family pretty much stays in the palace uh, itself. I mean, it's a huge palace if you see the Ambavala Palace. And uh, you have pretty good. But uh, the remaining portion of the palace is still, uh, you know, pretty much where there's occupancy by these, uh, by the family, the royal family. Yeah. What a wonderful description of the Sarah. I was there with you when you were describing me all that. <laughs> so, Pushma, you've also um, um, spoken about uh, previously, you know, talks about this groundnut fair. You yes. made one video and it went viral. More than about 500 shares were there. So, what is groundnut fair? I've never heard about it before. So to describe Bangalore, one of the uniqueness of the city uh, is this festival that takes place. I mean, there are several other festivals that we celebrate, but this is one such festival, um, you know, which started a couple of years ago. Okay, So this is 
the groundnut fair, the peanut fair in the local language we call it Kadlikai Parishe. Now this takes place in an area called Baswanagudi and Baswanagudi is very very famous for a temple called the Bull Temple over there. Now the temple itself has a you know history. Okay, it said that earlier before the coming of the temple, there uh, you know farmers used to cultivate peanuts uh, in that village. And uh, apparently one day there was this bull which was coming and you know destroying all the crops. So the farmer said, you know what, we need to do something about this. Maybe we pray to the gods and build a temple, and hopefully you know this uh, menace will go away. So that's how the temple came into existence, right? And um, what the farmers started doing from that day onwards is they said, okay, you know what, we must honor this in some way. Now, today, if you look at the area, um, you know, today, Baswankudi is like a proper residential, one of the old localities in Bangalore. No longer a place where you'll see any, uh, you know, cultivation taking place. So to honor the tradition, farmers from all across, uh, say, mostly the southern part of India, not just Karnataka, they come to this particular temple, bringing in their crops. Okay, so the first harvest, and we're talking about the month of November. So November to auspicious date, but uh, the week-long uh, the festival takes place, the farmers transport like tons and tons of peanuts they come and offer some to the temple as a way of them taking blessings and then they set up their uh, you know stalls on the pavements right so we're talking about you know like uh, almost like two kilometers on a stretch you know blocked for vehicular traffic um, and you're not going to find like any other things like you know some other vegetables or anything being sold it's mainly peanuts and of course other local smaller vendors selling bangles and you know all of uh, the other things so this is where thousands, thousands of uh, people are. Rather, if you've not visited this, I would, uh, you know, I would really recommend this to you, because this is something that is very, very unique about Bangalore. This is like a place where you'll see that, you know, locals come over here, enjoy the festival, and even to enter the temple, you know, on a normal day you just walk in and walk out, but to enter the temple you'll, uh, you'll have to probably wait for an hour long. If you don't want to do that, there's still a lot of celebrations taking place, and the tradition is, you know, you pick up some like a bag of peanuts. You come back home and you know you cook so that's how the farmers get their sales and that's how you know people come to have come to celebrate this for a long time so we made a, a video on it uh, and this was one of the first videos that i wanted to showcase about Bangalore because it's something so unique so you know generally whenever people are traveling in november this is like a sort of encouragement for them to sort of stick around those dates to witness this and i was quite surprised myself when the video went viral you know i was like okay you know this is something which is really very unique and you know, people started sharing it so um that's the video that you saw that, you know, this one of the unique aspects that was covered, um, you know, the peanut fair that happened in November month. It happens a few days, a few hours, or like how many days will it happen? So it's like uh, two auspicious dates in the month of November. We call it Kartika Masa, you know, according to the Hindu calendar. Um, so the dates keep changing every year. But if you look up every year, you'll know what the dates are, the two auspicious dates. But otherwise, uh, entire week, you can... Uh, you know, you can come and witness this because the farmers, when they come and go, there's a lot of cost for the transportation and other things, right? So they stay put for an entire week. And so for that entire week, you can actually come and uh, witness the festivals on any of those days, particularly in the month of November. This bull uh, temple you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, I have been to the temple myself and I thought that this is the bull of Lord Shiva. Yes. Uh, so, but uh, is it uh, that particular bull of Lord Shiva, or as you're telling me the story that one bull was destroying all the crops, so they just, uh, you know, built one uh, idol of bull and then they starting praying to that. So it's really correlated. Cool. I mean, if you look at it, you know, in India, if you look at there are just two main gods which people generally worship. Like you have 
Shiva and you have Vishnu, right? So when you look at Shiva, his vehicle is a bull. And it so happened that within that edge, it was a bull that was really destroying the crops. So there's a deep connection between the bull and Lord Shiva that has come in. And the uniqueness about this is that, uh, you know, generally in a temple dedicated to either Shiva or Vishnu, you'll find the Shiva idols or Vishnu idols to be very prominent in the main sanctum sanctorium. Yes. But the bull temple, if you have noticed, you see the bull is more prominent, right? More prominent. Yes. The other legend about this temple is also that uh, the bull started to grow in size. Yes, I that too. Right. So finally, the you know people were like, okay, you know what? This really needs to uh, be stopped. So they try to nail a trident on the head of the bull, and you can pretty much see the trident over there. So that's the uh, you know legend behind the bull, very notorious, destroying farmers' crops and wouldn't stop growing in size. So Lord Shiva actually took a back seat. So if you see the idol of Lord Shiva. Um, it's actually placed, you know, opposite in architecture in the sense the uh, Lord Shiva is facing the back of the bull. And this is, again, you know, when you go back, it is pretty much in connection with Shiva and the bull itself. Just that, you know, more prominence is given to the bull than being given to the, you know, the, uh, the main uh, idol or the main uh, god worship itself. I have come to the end of my questions for you, Sushma. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about, about your venture, about yourself, mm-hmm. anything to uh, uh, your, please feel free to speak. Okay, so, um, you know, you know, in general, if we were under normal circumstance, uh, I would have told, you know, people don't ever stop traveling, always look at, you know, uh, more and more travel uh, throughout your journey. I would always tell people, if you are staying, say, in India, if you're staying in a place like Pune, Calcutta, Bangalore, wherever you are, I would always tell them first, you know, um, explore your own city, right? I would say get to know more of your own city. There are a lot of, uh, you know, like a lot of walking ventures, a lot of tour ventures based in their own city. I would say, you know, go explore that and then you go out, you know, looking at the outside world. Um, and I would probably under the normal circumstance, I would tell people that, you know, okay, there's a lot of places that you can, you know, whatever we spoke about right now, you know, so many options for people to go and, um, you know, indulge in over the weekend or the weekday. Um, but we have come to such a situation today, you know, with uh, COVID uh, taking over the entire world that I would say, um, you know, when, when you're planning out something in the future, you know, we're hopeful that things will slowly start picking up. You'll see that travel and uh, tourism industry is the worst hit. Um, and it's for a reason, right? Because, you know, coming back to wellness again, I would say it's not easy for somebody to undertake to do a travel when you don't have that mental peace of mind. So when you uh, you know, begin to undertake the journey when things start getting better. Always, you know, please look out for uh, places that are safe wherever you're staying. You know, to see that the hotels or the homestays or the people that you're coming in contact with, for your tour operators, your transportation, all that. You know, you should have a peace of mind in knowing that there is safety measures being met. So I know that this is my industry. I would probably say, you know, maybe we, I, you would expect me to think that you know I would want travelers to you know, come into the city and, you know, start into or, you know, start uh, making the travel more often. But I would say, you know, go with the flow. Don't really rush into doing anything because at the first point of um, thing that you really need to understand is you mentally have to be stress-free. So travel is something that you have to do only when you're stress-free. Uh, don't get into a situation where you want to, like, you know, okay, just rush into, you know, booking a flight for a particular country or traveling to some other place. Uh, just give it some time to sort of, sort of slowly start settling down and, uh, you know, make the best decision 
possible. You know, make it safe for you, make it safe for other people around. And when things start, uh, you know, getting better, I would say just go ahead and you know have a positive experience rather than being very fearful, uh, you know, or having a negative impact on the travel. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your valuable time. Thank you for this wonderful information that you gave us today. And I hope to see you again in the coming months to get back to you for some more information about Bangalore, India, and elsewhere. I would be most happy to take you out again, Anuradha. And um, you know, I'm still waiting for the time when again we can go out on our uh, you know walks, explore more of the neighborhood. And uh, really, thank you so much. Uh, it's a great initiative by you. Um, and I really hope that uh, you know things get better very soon, and we get to meet and you know go to more places. Uh, but thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, this is really a wonderful opportunity for me as well uh, to be able to express out, you know, to people of what's happening and how things are. So thank you for giving me that opportunity as well.